I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Extraordinary. I'm Ben Clunt. This is my Scottish friend Stephen Brown. This will be our hundred and second episode of Ordinary to Extraordinary. I was listening to our one hundred, by the way, and there's a couple of times in there like I, I could tell I was having a good time on our one hundredth episode. I was a little giggling and coming up with all types of weird stuff that I was saying when I was listening to it today. How is that different from any other time? I was extra. It was extra. I just don't think you're self-aware enough to know that you're always extra. <laughs> Might be true too. Might be true too. I'm just messing with you. We're recording this a bit in advance because Ben has some. Uh, he made a request for some time off, and I granted it. <laughs> oh, that's so kind of you. <laughs> it's not paid though. I mean, that's the problem. It's not paid time off. <laughs> what do you mean it's not paid time off? You, you're not paying me. I never pay you. I know exactly. I pay you with my company. <laughs> okay. Some people would call that a pittance. A pittance. A pittance. Yes. What's new with you, Ben? Since our one hundred and first episode, what's new with you? What's new? Not much, man. Just kind of wrapping up the year here at the office. Uh, can't really go anywhere. Can't do a whole lot. So, just uh, dreaming of traveling and warmer weather and blue skies and the beach and. You know, getting a massage tonight. I told you that. Someone's mm-hmm. coming to the house, going to do a massage. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah, it's snowy outside today, obviously. So dreaming of the beach is not a bad thing to be doing. Oh, the beach would be lovely right now. Yes, it would. Um, uh, I booked a trip to California. I told you that this morning. You did, but you didn't tell our listeners because they weren't on our call this morning. No, they're not. But now you are. I am looking forward to it. It's Laura and I's 10-year anniversary trip. And our 10-year anniversary, by the way, was in July of last year, 2020. Yeah. Because this will come out in 2021, won't it? Well, this no, this out? will be... The 28th or something like that, I oh, guess. Actually, now no, that you come to mention it, let's look at a little calendar. Which 21st of December. It's coming out Christmas week, so I guess Merry Christmas if you're listening to this. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, Jesus, we're that far into December already. That's crazy. Well, um, we got one in the hopper too, so... I mean, yeah, that's the so one, the one in the hopper is going to go... Yeah, it pushes us, so... Yeah. A little bit. So, it, it, and when this is released, I will be uh, not available, not working that day. <laughs> what are you doing instead? We're going to be up at Hills Resort, on, up at Priest Lake. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's my dad turning the big six zero, and so it's going to be his 60th birthday. Ooh. Yeah. So we're going to be, uh, everybody rented kind of cabins up there. Yeah. Your parents are young. socially distance. My parents are both 65. Yeah, my dad's turning 60, and my mom is, uh, she'll be, what, she's more 62, so she'll, yeah, she'll be 58, or she's 58, she'll be 59 in June. We were going to talk about what we did the other night. Remember, we, we want to talk about mental health quickly, or until we're done talking about it. It doesn't need to be quickly. Well, we don't, yeah. Ben and I played golf with a couple of our buddies the other night, and we did not go outside. We went to... The okay, so I didn't actually know we were going to talk about this part as much as the conversation that no, we had. No, no, <laughs> we, we went to the casino, which is Sovereign Nation, and they did not have some of the restrictions. We wore masks when we were supposed to wear masks and all the rest of it. But we played around a golf on a swing suite, on a uh, top golf swing suite, and it was fun. And we afterwards were eating some dinner and realized that a lot of us 
not just in our group but in general are a little more irritable a little more angry in general <laughs> and obviously there's a lot of factors this year that are contributing and i'll just say if you know steven oh you can imagine what more irritable means <laughs> wow oh, jesus wow i'm a pretty happy-go-lucky kind of guy i know i just had to poke the bear a little bit um but yeah we realized that you know talking things through is good and ben's talked about going as counselor as coach yeah um, absolutely. i don't know if that's what you want to call it you call it a psychologist right yeah it's like um shrink i don't think it's a shrink isn't that what a shrink is uh, a psychiatrist is a shrink right i don't know to be yeah. honest i think a psychiatrist is a shrink a psychologist i don't know maybe it is a shrink uh, maybe you guys can let us know on that but no we realised that talking things through makes us feel good one of our buddies the next day sort of texted us and said that he felt refreshed all of us got some stuff off our chest that night I think talked things through about what we've got going on personally professionally and the funny thing is a few of us are having really great years professionally I mean me included yeah. um, in terms of growth and, and opportunity yet with everything going on just now the way the we're kind of assessing the world and seeing other people act and so on and so forth it's just kind of not making us feel warm and fuzzy on the inside so it was good to talk about it i think we've all felt a little refreshed since and we actually made a deal that we're going to make if not that something happen more often and we'd kind of encourage you all to do that um don't let this stuff browbeat you down no browbeating speak of the devil one of the guys was texting that we were Oh. having a discussion with but yeah no i think uh and i was telling you this morning everybody kind of ebbs and flows in terms of i think how they're doing right like i said i felt like the people that we were chatting with might be struggling a little more yourself included than i am right now right i mean i feel like i'm mentally in a pretty good spot and it could just be from conversations with uh my psychologist or it could be just in general you know it's like i'm just like Getting to a point where it's like I'm, I can't really control a lot of stuff that's happening, so it can upset me, or I can go try and find something else to do. And like you said, you know, sometimes after a while that wears and it wears, and you just and, it, and you break, right? It's, but and then you communicate and you say, "Ah, oh, this does suck." But then you, I don't know, it's almost like that ebb and flow also gets you to a point where you break, and then your cup somehow gets filled by breaking, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And then you get back to a good spot mentally again because you realize everybody else is struggling too mm-hmm. and then you're good for a while again it's like an ebb and flow type thing mm-hmm. well i think where where we we kind of got to overall was that basically if you think about it right now even if you're going to work physically leaving the house going to work after work you're going home i mean the only place you can go is the grocery store maybe target maybe a home depot yeah you're not going very you're not going to a restaurant you're not going to happy hour you're not even not unless you're standing outside in the freezing cold to do it we've adapted a little bit to where we're getting coffee and walking with people a little bit yeah and i've enjoyed that can't do that today it's snowing it's miserable you'd be soaking wet Uh, well you could do it you could walk the skywalk probably wouldn't yeah i guess um with your mask on (laughs) take a sip every once in a while yeah so you know, there's adaptation and there's there's realizing that, hey, it's okay to seek something else out. Like, um, for us, we're probably pretty lucky, and I'm going to say this, and some of you might be upset by this, and I'm not going to apologize because it's what I need. I go to Idaho in the morning to train in the gym because there's so much science that gyms are actually super savers, not super spreaders. Um, and I'm not ashamed of going to the casino for a drink. I'm not ashamed to go into Idaho for a drink um, or dinner or whatever. So Ben's rolling his eyes at me. And like I said, if, if I, I would assume at least half of you are upset at what you're hearing. That's your choice. It's not my choice. And so I'm saying just seek out something that you need. So if you're waking up, going to work, going home, watching TV, going to bed, that's miserable. Unless that's what you want in life. But that's miserable to most of us. And you know we're not made to spend as much time with our loved ones as we are right now that includes wives kids um husbands brothers sisters whatever it is i don't think we're programmed to spend that much time with the same group of people and i can speak to this having grown up in the household with eight of us my mom my dad and six brothers and i never had a moment's peace so 
now that I do have it, I appreciate it, but I also crave company and crave um, interaction with people that isn't over a screen. So, well, yeah. and it's not. I mean, human interaction isn't meant to be over a screen, right? I mean, if everything's done over a screen, like that's pretty depressing. Yeah. That's jets and stuff, right? You don't yeah, want that. That's severe depression. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so today, really, though, the topic that we wanted to talk about, unless you have anything else to say no. on that, is uh, the topic of failure. And Stephen introduced a book to me. Um, again, this might be a controversial individual. And I'm going to get the name of the book right, Stephen, so I'm going to look it up first here. Okay. It's called Fortitude by Dan Cranshaw, politician in Texas. We talked about this. We did? Yeah, we've talked about it multiple times, I think, on the podcast. Okay. Well, the book itself, maybe, but not this particular thing that I'm about to say. Is So there was a line. He had a quote in there, and I told you I was going to go listen to it again, and I didn't this morning. But mm-hmm. the line was uh, loosely, basically, failure is just a, a gateway to another form of success, essentially, right? Which and I loved that, the way that he shaped like that, that like You think about the image that that creates. Like, his failure... Is just a gateway to another form of success. And you hear about people losing their jobs, right? And a lot of the time, they say that that was the best thing that happened to them because it motivated them to go out and start the business that they did or to find the new job that they always wanted to be able to do, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think when you reshape what your definition of failure is, you're able to see that it's not necessarily even failure in that oh my gosh i am doomed but in failure that this was one of the stepping points that i needed to overcome in order to get to ultimate success right or to get the happiness that i wanted uh, i've always loved thinking about failure and just like what it means to different people right and how it can cripple some or it can motivate some and and i think a lot of it is what what, what you let it do to you mm-hmm. yeah um dan crenshaw talks about failure a lot he really does, and, and obviously there's a negative aspect to failure. It sucks. We always want to be successful, good. right? But there's a, there's an old saying, and it says, if you have to fail, fail forward, right? Yeah. Mm. And when you think about the things that we experience on a daily basis, so if we use the Wright brothers, for example, right? Um Wilbur and is it Orville? Orville. Yeah, yeah, Wilbur and Orville. So they used to go out and when they were trying to fly, right? Um, and they weren't well funded. I mean, Simon Sinek talks about this in one of his books. They were not well funded, but they went out in the field and basically they took enough parts to fail multiple times because they knew that that was the average of failure every day. And they did it over and over and over. I'm sure they wrecked their canopies multiple times they wrecked their oh yeah probably their, the whole their, project yeah everything <laughs> but eventually they recorded a flight right um and how many times they failed i don't know but they failed every day multiple times enough to take enough spare parts to redo what they were doing with alterations over and over and over again for years right it, it wasn't a quick um the same could be said there's a there's a famous quote for edison right <coughs> Jesus, Ben. hey lift off. <laughs> yeah, so there's a famous quote for Edison where he didn't fail 10,000 times. He found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Yeah. And so I guess the, the moral of the story when it comes to failure is if you're going to fail, learn from it. Yeah. All right. I like... Uh, End of story. Podcast done. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm no, honestly, though, I mean, we could <laughs> sign off there. Uh, Les Brown has also a... What's interesting about failure, and they talk about this also in the Crenshaw book, mm-hmm. is Les Brown, another motivational type speaker guy, says this in a lot of his talks, and I, and I do, I, I like, I like this imagery. He's like, like when you get knocked down, land on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, but I think there's more to that is that when you can look up, there's a glimmer of hope. And even Crenshaw talks about this in the book. He's like, you got to have hope. Even when you fail, you got to have hope, right? Mm-hmm. Because if there's no hope, then that's when you're almost just totally broken into meaning. So I think, but having hope is also a mindset, right? I mean, you have to sometimes search for the hope and be it all but a very uh, flicker of a light sometime. I mean, it might not be very much, but you have to find that and you need to fan it, right? And fan that hope. And I think right now that's true of a lot of people. 
our discussion with our friends. Like, you got to find the hope and you got to find the good right now, and you need to fan that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you need to put some diesel fluid on that, and you need to let that baby burn in a positive way. Like, light it up, get warm next to that fire, because sometimes that's all you have right now to be able to get you through the hard times to get you through to that ultimate success again. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, so you're enjoying the Crenshaw book. Did you finish it? No. Yeah. No. Um, I, I recommend books to Ben all the time, and he doesn't always listen to them, but he's listening to this one, and it seems like he's really enjoying it. So yeah, It I'm just intrigued. depends on how on how uh, much time I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I make self-development time every day, and that's, that's not a judgy, hey, you should do that thing. Um, but basically what you're getting from that book is what i try and do on a daily basis um it's definitely a mental health thing for me like if i feel if i'm not learning or i'm not progressing or i'm not um listening to something that's going to enlighten me then i I am failing in a bad way yeah and there will be a point in my life where i have more control of my own time Mm -hmm. it's not dictated for me by a three-year-old and a newborn but so the other thing about failure that I would always focus on is not to dwell on it, right? Yeah. So we talked well, about learn learning. Learn move on. Yeah, but yeah, you learn from it. So I, I guess the concept that, that we can probably advise to use is absolutely learn from the past, even write stuff down, like keep note of when you failed and how you failed, but you're doing it with a view to the future. You're doing it with a view to not make that mistake again. Or, yeah. you know... Um, I always used to say to people, look, I'm going to screw up again. And I used to use the F word, not screw. I'm trying not to swear for an episode. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about that after we listened to our 100th too. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Oh, there were a few sweary words. A few people threw in sweary words. Which yeah, was, I noticed that. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, all right, cool. Especially Rachel Rowley calling her out. Like, what was her thing? Um, uh, uh, shut the fuck up. As well. I just swore. <laughs> uh, that's what she said multiple times. I was quoting. Does that count? Um, but yeah, so... I was saying look to the future right um and you plan for the best but you plan for the best with the previous failures in mind Mm -hmm. so and when you screw up it's not that you're not going to screw up again it's just that you should screw up less every time you should screw up a little bit differently and a little bit less yeah and i don't know if they're i'm not sure i would totally agree with that because then i think the game is constantly changing too so I mean, the rules don't always stay the same. It's not like soccer, right, where it's like you just get better because life constantly evolves and changes. So I think you should always be failing, and failure should just become part of your routine, if that makes sense, right? It's like you're never not going to fail, and you shouldn't necessarily even get better unless we're saying the same thing like uh, at fail i mean if, if you're getting better at failure it's you're getting better at accepting failure and learning how to move on mm-hmm. from it um another thing that i was going to say which i think is really interesting is when you look back upon the things that you thought were some of your greatest failures or some points that you could uh, or you know a point in time that you could say man i failed there there are usually periods of time at which you could see the good that come out of it now, though. It's like you look at it, and in the moment, it was a failure, and, and you fell on your face, and it hurt. But long-term, outside perspective now, looking back, it's like, oh, that wasn't actually as bad. Like, I can see the good that came out of it. Like, I can think of an example of myself. Like, I applied when I was high school going to college, right? I applied... WSU, GU, Whitworth, and Western Washington University, for whatever reason. The campus looked pretty, so I decided I was going to apply there. (laughs) Which, I didn't know the political leanings of all of these schools at the time. And uh, I got accepted to GU, Whitworth, WSU. I I did not get accepted to Western out of all those, which I thought was a little ironic. I think that's beautiful. Which slapping uh, young, slapping young Ben down like, f you Ben, yeah. you're not good enough for Western so Washington. I was like, oh fine, I'll go to one of the private Ivy League schools. I bet like, that's how you took it as well. You were so mad, right? Oh, I well, I was like, that's <laughs> dumb. Out of all the schools that I, that like Western is the one. Like, watch someone from Western is going to get all upset now with me for saying that. But it's like out of all of them, like really Western, they had for some reason some like 14,000 applicants for when they accept 1400 or something like that so i didn't make the cut let's face facts you went to wsu first i went to wsu for three weeks yeah and then i went to wayworth for two years and then i went to gu for two years western would have been an upgrade from wsu no one 
Yeah. Not, not, not now that I know. But I'm just talking from a sporting perspective. Pac-12 sucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> WSU are a joke. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now you're pissing people off. Now you're pissing Purposefully. people off. Purposefully. But when I look back now and I'm like, okay, like in the moment I was like, well, that's kind of a sting. Like I didn't get accepted. What the heck? But now I look back and it's like, that's a good thing that I didn't get accepted, right? It's like, if you're religious, like God knew what he was doing in that type of situation. And he said, Ben, you're not meant to go to Western. Like I've got a different plan for you. And it's like, it all makes sense in hindsight, right? Is what I'm trying to say. Failure looks like failure when in reality, it's not failure. It's just part of the plan. Yeah. No, I mean, failure... Failure's such an interesting one for me because, you know, it's never final. You can fail repeatedly. And it's kind of a concept we've talked about a lot is wabi-sabi, right? Yeah. So version 1.0, version 2.0, 3.0. Uh, we're on 12 now on the iPhones. I use that all the time. It's never finished. It's never even close to being finished. And frankly, if you reach a point where you're like, this is perfect and it can't be any better... I hope you've got another project or another career or another outlet to move on, right? And and where I would point to that is to athletics. And by the way, I'm not sorry if anybody from WSU is listening. <laughs> um, I just think WSU sucks as a school. When the wow. fan base is uh, more interested in seeing their flag on ESPN every day than they are if their football team wins, that's a problem. That's that's a failure of sorts, by the way, and one that isn't a positive failure. But no, what I'm saying is the um, the concept of wabi sabi. We come back to it often, but not ever being happy with the finished product is a wonderful thing. And I think this is where again something that I might have talked about before, but can't remember if I did it on the podcast. Is perfectionism is a terrible, terrible notion. Perfectionism is usually masking a fear of failure. Perfectionists are not... It, people look at perfectionists as a positive thing, like, oh, they're a perfectionist, look. And it's not a positive thing. It means that they're not thinking outside the box. They're not trying to fail. They're not trying to do things that are um, going to challenge them. Um, that's that's the problem with perfectionism. Perfectionists do the same things repeatedly, and they specifically try to do things that they know they can't fail at as opposed to trying to do things that they might fail at but they'll also learn and grow from hmm so I've, I've challenged your thought there haven't I no I'm just not sure I, I agree I okay. mean so you, yeah it's like I, I don't think that perfectionists necessarily have to be stuck in the rut of doing the same thing over and over again right because I, I think someone who's a perfectionist is someone who just wants to do things perfectly. That doesn't mean it's the same thing every time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody should strive for maybe not perfection, but to be better every time, right? Like, yes, we want to be perfect. Everybody wants to be really good at something and perfect at something, right? Like, you'd love to be perfect at golf, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. But no that, and, and that doesn't mean that you – exactly. But that doesn't mean you don't strive to be perfect, you strive for excellence, not perfection. What's the difference? Excellence isn't perfect. Excellence is the best you can possibly be. See, and I guess what I would say is like, that's perfect. Strive for excellence. I mean, like, they're, to, to me, they're one and the same, right? I mean, like, if you're doing the best you can and you're striving to be perfect, then that is excellence. I mean, it, it's all part of the same to me no uh, so I think I've mentioned before the first job I ever had first real job for a corporation I ever had I was always making money um, was McDonald's and McDonald's have essentially what you talked about they want 100% customer satisfaction which you can't get no because people are gonna screw it up yeah it's like a five-star review but um, it's funny enough I just pulled up a quote from Cristiano Ronaldo and he said, I'm not a perfectionist, but I like to feel that things are done well. Footballer Cristiano Ronaldo says he strives for excellence, not perfection, right? And that's where that's where I am. I don't think there's such a thing as perfection. So to be a perfectionist per se, and like I said, you're doing safe things, you're doing easy things, you're doing things that aren't challenging you. Um, and case in point is what we're dealing with right now. Pfizer and Moderna are about to release their vaccines. They're 90 and 95% effective. If we needed 100% effective, that's perfection, right? 
not happening. It will never happen. 100% of people are not going to have this is an a reaction to it, right? Efficacy but, rate. Yeah. Efficacy. Efficacy. But let's say 95% of the people that are infected are then given the vaccine and it works. Then only 5% of the people that would have been infected will then get infected. So mm -hmm. that's that's it's a big win, right? That's big a huge win. win yeah. When you're talking about millions of cases worldwide, absolutely. So, well, because that like becomes said, manageable. For me, that's excellence. That's not perfection, and that's the difference. And it's known that you've never actually now. This is the first round of those vaccines, and they might get to 97, 98, 99 percent. Mm -hmm. They may even be able to create something that cures everybody. I doubt it. Yeah, because that's be not great, how they, that's but, not how they yeah. operate. They make incremental improvements, right? And that's the beauty. Wherever you start, if you make a 1% improvement every single day. It's a win. 1% gets becomes smaller and smaller and smaller number, right? And then eventually you're never going to get to 100%, even if you improve 1% every day. So 1% of 50, and then 1% of 51, and yeah. then 1% of 52, and 1% of 53. So that's the thing. It's like, you're never ever going to get to that hundred percent. I think you've heard me talk about uh, success, basically, and success being just like having enough grit to get through the crap, right, and to get through all the failures. Because I, that's all success is is just like having failed more than than others. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time, right? I mean, every once in a while you get lucky, but it's like when you think about it. Uh, there's the maybe it was a Michael Jordan story and you'd probably tell it better than I because it's MJ but the whole idea of shooting free throws and the gentleman who was the best free throw shooter right and they're like man your free throw percentage that you hit is just like crazy and they only see the the few shots that he takes on the court right and he's like well yeah but you didn't see essentially the thousand mm -hmm. that I took every day yeah. practicing to perfect that right yep so I think that's it. Like people look at success a lot of the time and they see like, man, look at you got lucky. You're so successful. It's like, yeah, but you didn't see all the times that I fell on my face or the risk that I took that I could have fallen on my face really hard. And luckily I just stubbed my toe. I didn't fall on my face and have to have reconstructive surgery. Right. It's, it's like I took the risk of failure and I guess that's it. That's an interesting differentiation. Sometimes you're, you're assuming the risk of immense failure it doesn't mean you always fail, but you are mentally preparing yourself for the fact that you might fall flat on your face and you're going to get two black eyes and you're going to have to stand back up again and keep running, right? Yeah. And, and it's going to hurt and you're going to remember that it hurt, but that's going to make the success taste so much better because you have failed. Uh, and sometimes you won't fail, I mean, in, in a big way, right? You, you won't have that magical moment. I, I can't say in, in my life that I have failed in a big way i failed a lot of times you know but i have not i've not i can't say that i've been like punched in my, in the face and maybe that'll happen someday type failure right where it's like i lost my job my wife left me i was had no money type situation right i mean and, and i've certainly played it smart in a lot of areas just to make sure a lot of that stuff doesn't happen right and i don't know I guess the inner, the idea is all I'm saying is like mentally prepare yourself for the risk of failure, even though that means that you might not always f fail in a big way. Mm -hmm. It's like you have to be willing to take that risk, though. Agreed. Yeah. So let's let's see how much Ben pays attention. I've asked him this question multiple times. What's my word of the year? Wabi-sabi. No, you said that last time, and I corrected. <laughs> Did you? What's my word of the year? Wabi-sabi's two words also. Ah, uh, Wabi-sabi's two words. Yes. Stephen's word of the year is growth. Perspective. Perspective. Right. So <laughs> the reason I bring it up, and he's going to remember this one of these times. I'm going to continue to ask you until you remember. Well, the year's almost over. Yeah, exactly. We have three more weeks. Well, when this goes live, we have two more weeks to see if you remember it. So we'll <laughs> check in with you on it. Perspective. So you always have to put things in perspective and you always have to get perspective from other people, right? And when you fail, when you screw up, it sucks. But there's an easy question to ask yourself to start the, the path to, to learning from it, growing from it, and, and not 
making the same mistake. You might make a mistake, but you won't make that mistake again, right? And the 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 question just fail differently. Yeah, the question is always just, did anybody die? Yeah. No, nine times out of ten, right? Maybe ninety-nine times out of hundred. Maybe nine hundred and ninety-nine times out of thousand. Yeah, you did not screw up enough that somebody died because of a mistake you made, right? So, um, or a failure that you have. So, first off, did anybody die? Probably not. Move on. Don't regret. We talked about it. Learn yeah. from it. Move the hell on. So start with that. Put things in perspective. In the grand scheme of things, yeah, you f- fucked up at work. There's my first official swear word. Not Could a have just said screwed up. But yeah. You know. So you effed up, but you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to shower, put your pants on one leg at a time, unless you're really weird, um, and you're going to do it all over again. You're going to go to work. You're going to or you maybe, wear a dress. Maybe, maybe you have a day off. Maybe you go to a new job because you lose your job because of this. But everything, everything, everything needs to be put in perspective. Ooh, sorry, I was yawning. Stephen yeah. Ramblon, he was boring me. Obviously boring you. He was yeah. failing. Failing at keeping me entertained. But... No, I, I'm being rude. But no, I agree. Perspective, I think, is everything. I mean, you think about the photos that you see online from mm-hmm. different visuals and how you how you interpret the situation as far as what's happening, right? I yeah. mean, the same can be applied to failures, right? And I've talked about this just earlier with regard to hindsight. I mean, hindsight is a perspective when you think about it, right? Like yep. now, from the perspective of looking back, I can see that these weren't failures as much as they were just a different way of the event happening that was actually positive when you look back at it, right? But in the moment, it hurt, right? So my perspective in the moment is, why is this happening? Why didn't I get accepted? This sucks. Looking back, you're like, that's why that happened. That makes sense, right? It's Mm -hmm. like when you have perspective and you can see the timeline as to how things are going to work out, well, then it's not going to look like a failure, Though in the moment it feels like a failure. Long term, I guess, there won't necessarily be failures if you've learned from them and they've and you've been able to turn them into a positive result in some way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a failure is you fell on your face, you never learned, and you keep doing it, right? Like That doesn't mean that you're unsavable <laughs> if you keep screwing up the same thing. That just means that you're making the same mistake over. You're not learning from it. You need to stop. You need to learn. Mm-hmm. Right doesn't mean that you can't eventually stop making those mistakes. Yeah, it's like a drug addict. I guess it's like they 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 might relapse and they might go back to to use or abusing alcohol or whatever it might be, and, you know, and they might fail again. But that doesn't mean that they can't learn from it, right, and grow out of it, right. And yes, that would have been a bad period. But all right, I have a thought. But before I give this thought, I want everybody that's listening to hear this. The next time we record at your office, you're not allowed to sit in that chair. Why? Because all it does is squeak and creak, and every time you move, you clang, and it's annoying the crap out of me. Just for the record, you're using one of these chairs next I don't think time. anybody can hear it, buddy. Yeah, we'll see. I'm the one that edits it. I might have to edit some of that crap oh, good out. Oh, Lord. It's Mr. Yeah. Sensitivity over here. Yeah. So. It's because we were talking about his kilt earlier before we started recording. I am not sensitive about my kilt at all. I love my kilt. See, you, you don't hear that creaking. I heard that one. Sit at peace, jackass. This is this is how Ben and I talk to each other. I'm just, just going to do this the rest of the time now is also what's going to happen now. Just because I know it's going to make him angry because I don't like that he's so mean to me. I'll just record an episode on my own again and oh, release it without you. Okay, do it. I had a ton of fun doing that for the 100th episode, by the way. It's funny. I listened to our... It's like our, our listens go down when it's just you. I don't know why, what that, what that was all about. You're so full of shit. <laughs> so full of shit. No, I had a good BM this morning. <laughs> um, anyway, where I was going to go, my thought was don't be a victim of failure either. All right? And I'm going to give an example. Nobody enjoys the woe is me attitude, right? You have complete control over everything. Trying again or quitting. So if you have a problem, if you have a genuine issue and you want to complain, people will listen to you. People will try and help you. People will give you insight, perspective, all of those things. If you're always complaining about how shitty you are as a person and how you've failed at this and that and First off, you probably need some professional help because that's not a good mind space to be in. But secondly, and I'm going to be really blunt here, 
nobody cares, right? People care about you, they don't care about your failures, okay? Not in the way that you think they do. Yeah, not in the way you think they do. So you can complain and you can have that that attitude of woe is me and be a victim, or you can turn it around and use it as motivation, right? And that sounds kind of cheesy, kind of Tony Robbins-ish. It's not supposed to. It's a fucking fact. It's literal. Twice I, now. I mean it like that. That's more than twice. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm giving up on it now. Well, and I, and I think your thing of like nobody cares about it is like, it's not that nobody cares that you failed or screwed up. It's like, but no one's going to hold it against you, I think is almost a better way yeah. of saying it. It's like, no one's going to hold your failures against you if they know that you're trying to learn and grow. Granted, it depends on the failure, right? I mean, I'm not talking about murdering somebody or adultery or something like that for the most part. I'm talking about like, you tried and you failed type thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, no one's going to hold those against you because most people who are worth having around, by the way, in life are going to look at that and see that you tried so hard and that this doesn't mean it's the end. It's just a new chapter of the book that you're writing, right? It's not the end. So, uh, in, in, interesting thought though, Stephen. I liked it. Good share. Yeah. I've got, I've Every got. once in a while, you have something that's semi-insightful. <laughs> <laughs> Just every once in a while? Yeah, semi-insightful. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this, Ben. Let me ask you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to okay. put you on the uh, uh, hot, hot seat, seat okay. a little bit. Yeah. Can you tell me about a time that you failed big, learned from it, moved uh, on, and succeeded? I mean, failed big? Yeah. Define big. You define big. What's a big failure to you? That's the beauty of failure. It's only That's because I already told you just a little bit ago that I don't feel like I've had any big failures in my life. But you've had stuff that at the time beat you down that you probably internalized as a big failure. Yeah, I mean, they, I could certainly point to failures, but nothing that's like, oh my god, I feel like that was a fundamentally shifted the way that I live my life or or how, what I did to somebody. I mean, I can think of one that is in the last couple of years, and I, I, sh- I think I've shared this before with a colleague when I my desire to tell the truth we talked about, right? Like, and it's not that I'm like trying to hurt people in any particular way, but sometimes I will say things, mm-hmm. and it comes out. And it's like, I'm just telling the truth when the truth wasn't necessarily mine to tell. So in this particular instance, we were with a group of individuals and I added information to what the individual was saying. And it was his story. And I added a little bit of information that didn't necessarily paint him in the best light. And he called me on it later. Right. And right after I said it it was one of those things you're like, why did you say that? Like, yeah, that was not it. And my failure, I mean, like. The, the times when I'm going to feel the worst or the most failure is when I feel like I let somebody or hurt somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Not like my own set, but like if, when if I inflicted pain unintentionally on somebody, like that's going to eat me up the most, right? And you're just like, God, you stupid. Why did you say that? Like, so that uh, did not feel good and felt like a big old freaking failure and was one of those times where like, you need to bite mm-hmm. your freaking tongue and, and learn to be... Uh, learn that not everything is yours to say right even if you know it doesn't mean it's yours to say so again failed embarrassed my friend and made him feel bad about a past situation which was really nothing that is bad he learned from it and has moved on Mm -hmm. i brought it up uh wasn't mine to bring up he was graceful enough to call me on it and ask me why i said that and then I learned from my mistake of being like, that was dumb. That was not yours to say. Just because you know doesn't mean it's yours to say, right? So yeah. That's I a good example. I mean, it was a, it was a failure. I don't know if I'd say it was like a yeah. big failure, but it hurt. I mean, it hurt me because I felt like I, but at the time I betrayed it, my friend. You, you, yeah. yeah, it felt like a big failure, but you learned from it. You moved yeah. on. So, I mean, that's a great example. It's not, it's not what I was thinking. Um, of my failure? No, Wait, what no, you just mean? in terms of It's not like example, what I was thinking. But, you know, I, I often find my way back to sport. Um, yeah. I was maybe 14 or 15 and had uh, a tryout, and it was a basketball tryout. It was for the Scotland national team. So big deal, right, mm-hmm. at that age. Um, thankfully, it was a two-weekend tryout. Week one, I... So I want to quantify this. I said I was 14 or 15. In Scotland, it's a little more acceptable to drink at a younger age. The drinking age is 18. A lot of kids in high school, 14, 15, are having beers and stuff on the weekend. The night before that particular tryout, I did not go to bed early. I did not eat well. I did not sleep well. 
and was cocky enough to think it could show up and perform. I learned from that. <laughs> that was a big mistake. I disappointed a lot of people that had put their uh, reputations on the line for me. And like I said, thankfully it was a two-week thing, so two days, one week, two days the next week. The next week, I slept well, ate well, did not drink any alcohol the night before. Um, Wait, how old were you when you were trying out? 14 or 15. <laughs> like I said, like uh, different upbringing, different expectations. I'm not saying my parents were okay with it, but they didn't know. So, um, yeah. So I went and the following weekend, I redeemed myself, thankfully, with proper preparation. But that's something that has stuck with me to this day. Um, and it's actually one of the things that I talked to my... my uh, so the, the enterprise role that I'm working for Heartland now... I have a one-on-one -on -one call with one of the VPs every week and yesterday we were talking and you know he I said some things and he said look this is the reason he's like when we they took a chance on me I'm in Spokane Washington yeah I'm mm -hmm. not posting anywhere near the volume of some of the other people that made this but he's like we took a chance on you because you say things you do things and you think things in a different way he said and you just said something and it was based on failure and I didn't think about even bringing this up here until now He's like, when someone says no to you, you don't try and argue with them. And mm -hmm. like, well, maybe not in the business world, but definitely in the personal life. Um, <laughs> he's like, I think that's the truth. He said, when someone says no to you, you don't argue with them. He's like, the first thing is you acknowledge it. And the second thing is, he's like, you look, you, you ask a question and seek clarity. You'll ask more questions, he says, and then they give you enough information that you turn that round on them. He's like, and part of that is a refusal to fail, he said, but it's also you show up prepared to, prepared. You show up prepared. You've done your work beforehand. You've got the questions you're going to ask. You've got the direction you want to steer things, he said. And it's not manipulation. It's really great planning. He said, so you reduce your risk of total failure, but you're also, he's like, being part of your process and watching the mistakes you make and then seeing how polished you are the next time because yeah. you've learned from him. So yeah. it was it was really good compliments from him. But I guess where I'm going with that is that, again, it comes back to what we said we could finish on earlier, is if you're not learning, that it's you're going to keep making mistakes. Learn from everything. I have a line that I've, I even share with prospective clients when they come in and they're like, you know what, I think I'm, I'm not going to make any changes right now. It's like, that's okay. Like, I'm glad you have a relationship with somebody that you trust and enjoy working with. Like, mm -hmm. and it's not always my objective to be first in line. You know, I just want to be second in line. Yeah. It's like, because eventually second in line becomes first because life happens, people retire. I mean, like, life changes, right? And if I have demonstrated value to you during this initial median, a median meeting, then eventually, hopefully you remember that. Or if I can continue to stay in touch and continue to demonstrate value, I become first in line. I need to always remember that there's going to be a second in line when I'm first too. Mm -hmm. And that I'm continuing to demonstrate value for you. But see, that, that's not failure, right? My perspective means I didn't get them as a client right then and there. Okay, maybe I failed if your goal was to sign them that very first meeting. But was that realistic or not, right? And as we talked about before, you can, sh you can reshape your goals. You can change your goals. So, okay, fine. My goal is to get you as a client someday. Uh -huh. I'm going to put you on a drip. I'm going to market to you. I'm going to continue to demonstrate value. I want to be second in line. So I'm your first call when your other guy drops. What you just said is perspective. We're going to take this back to perspective. This is why it's my word of the year. So if you think about it, being realistic is approaching something with perspective instead of adding the perspective afterwards, right? To your point, you walk in. Let's say someone tells you, They've just inherited $10 million and they want to invest it. Yeah. We want someone to manage this for us. It's ludicrous for you to think you meet them, sign them, and invest it the that's next day. That's the ideal right? world, right? But yeah, that ain't Oh, of course it's yeah. ideal, but it doesn't happen. Yeah. That's $10 million. That's yeah. a lot of thinking, a lot of, for some people, praying, discussion, you know. Multiple interviews of advisors. Two and yeah. three. Yeah, I was going to say second and third opinions, like show me what you would do. Most of the time, it's probably going to end up with five million here and five million there, and you're competing against each other for a year or two before we combine it. I hate that, but yeah. potentially. But I mean, it's a smart way to do it, right? Unless you implicitly trust someone. But what I'm saying is, like, coming into something with a realistic expectation isn't going to stop you from failing. 
what coming in is something with a realistic expectation is is it puts your failures in perspective so that's where i'm saying it all comes back to that perspective mm -hmm. if you come in with perspective then you're going to learn and you're going to move on and yeah you might fail to sign them that first day but in a month's time after multiple meetings and shedding mm -hmm. light on things answering questions and going through the process now it's like hey we feel comfortable entering into this relationship with you. This is sales advice, if, if nothing else, right? But apply it in life as well. Set realistic expectations. I've said before, I hate the thought of setting easy expectations, but in some things they have to be realistic in that you walk, not goals, realistic goals, don't believe in them. Set them up the, up the wazoo, shoot for the moon, whatever you want to call it. But when it comes to expectations, realistic expectations are different. And that's how you approach someone with perspective and fail forward. I just remembered an email I need to send out to our team reminding them that they need to bring their 2021 goals to our uh, Monday meeting. Me talking about goals. Uh, made me think about like, oh, that's on Monday. I need to have them. <laughs> so now your meeting won't be a failure because everybody's going to have Hey, I told to. them twice. So they better remember. <laughs> <laughs> Or else we're going to have to come up with it on the spot. But All right, Ben, it is 2 o'clock, 2.30 almost, on a Friday afternoon. Do we have anything else to say on failure, or is it time for you and me to go for a beer? Uh, outside social distance beer. Um, no, I think I've shared it before, uh, and it's a line that we've all heard. It's like, but fail, uh, fail fast and fail hard, right? Like, just get it over with. You're going to fail, so get it out of the way. Be good with it. Go for failure. Go for no, right? You've read that book? Uh -huh. Go for no in sales, right? It's like those are the stepping blocks to success. So fail, fail quick, move on, do that enough times, you're going to be successful. So do you want to know what my motto is? And this is from this enterprise team that I'm part of now with Heartland. So there's there's three parts to this. It's And it's really in line with what you're saying. I love it. Um, it's win more, win faster, and lose faster right well and, yeah and the lose fast part is so many people in sales or uh yeah we'll call it sales or business development even they're they pursue opportunities when they need to move them up or out the funnel yeah and it's like forget about that and come back to it do not pursue that right now and you know this whole losing fast thing has made me better in so many different aspects you of, said win fast i think it's even lose faster not fast, but faster, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you're going to fail more than you're going to succeed, mm -hmm. I think is the thing, right? Now, can I say something before we f finish, actually? And I meant to say this earlier, and I should have written it down or made a note, and I didn't. I am not in any way, shape, or form advocating being a good loser. I am the worst loser, but in the best kind of way. I'm not a salty loser. I'm not a... Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for I'm not, I'm not like a child I'm not um, it's not just me throwing a tantrum when I lose I'm the worst kind of like I'm a terrible loser because I hate it and I want to win the next time right and I want to be better the next time but I'm not advocating for you saying oh it's okay to fail and I'm always going to be a failure that's not what we're saying here right well that would be ultimate failure because you're yeah, not learning that's ultimate failure you're not learning you're not applying what you learn and you're not growing by no means are we saying it's okay to be a loser i will never advocate for that in fact the the well the losers don't fail yeah participation that's i think that like in all of this is like that bugs the shit out of me so do not misinterpret this as oh ben and steven said it's okay to fail i'm going to go and fail over and over and over but in a bad way, I'm going to fail and quit. What we're advocating for yeah. is being a terrible loser in the best kind of ways. You're going to fail. You're going to be upset about it. You're going to internalize it a little bit, but you're going to add perspective. You're going to grow from it. You're going to learn from it, and you're going to fail less the next time, or maybe you succeed the next time. Mm -hmm. That's what we're saying. Uh, I think what's interesting, though, is this juxtaposition of words, if you will. Like Winners actually fail. Losers mm -hmm. actually don't fail right it's like mm -hmm. to win you need to fail losers don't even try so they don't even get the opportunity to fail really so it's an interesting you know like that the winners fail like winners fail huh no they you got to fail enough times to be successful too so to win you got to fail yeah you're just a plain straight loser if you never fail yep look but. at steve jobs look at 
Zuckerberg. How many iterations did it take? Look at Bezos, right? Yeah. Failed multiple times. And look, they're they're rich people. We're not only looking at rich people for inspiration. There are people failing all around you that have learned from it. In fact, look at being. I mean, you can look at being a parent. Yeah. Look at just. I mean, the way you raise your kids, and then you say like, "Man, I did not handle that situation. I did not discipline my kid. I lost my temper. Whatever it is, these micro failures, call them if you will, right? That are going to reshape, and you learn from. You're like, I'm going to try and not do that next time. Like that was a, not the way I should have acted, right? So it's like, yeah, no. To your point, it doesn't have to be money. You can be anything in life, right? Mm-hmm. Who's your hero? We talked about this a couple of episodes. Who's your hero? Mine? No, I'm not asking actually, but it's like when you think about it, it's like, Shay, but who is it that you want to emulate and what are the positive traits that they have? That's your hero. And those are the people really that we're looking to that have, guess what? They failed a bunch of times, right? And you got to maybe learn from some of their failures even too, right? And try to apply those, but also give yourself the grace to fail as well. Yeah. Look, there's that grace concept again. We always find our way back to that, right? I'm going to leave everybody with um, a Michael Jordan quote. And Ben might not have heard it, but most of you guys, if you're into sport, either might have or you might have seen it on a poster. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. I mean, that's poignant and so so relevant to what we are saying because guess what michael jordan's remembered for making game winning winning. shots winning succeeding right Mm -hmm. nobody remembers the failures and that's why he did what he Mm -hmm. did over and Mm -hmm. over and over again anyway um well thanks for tuning in yeah we would love you guys to like rate review on the apple or spotify platforms because spotify is here's a prediction by the way spotify is going to take over the podcasting game now joe rogan's on there and not just because joe rogan's on there i can listen and watch in the same app and go between them so i can watch it and when i lock my phone i'm just listening to it and it doesn't stop that's cool it's a video based one genius yeah rogan's all videos um videos he used to do audio on the apple and all the other platforms and then youtube for video but spotify have basically given him creative license and so he's only on Spotify it's now? such a cool app now. Is like he not on uh, Apple at all? You can't listen to him on Apple anymore. Oh, you can't wow. listen to him on any platform but Spotify. Good Still for free, but he's only, he signed a mega bucks deal with Spotify. So okay. Spotify is going to take over the podcasting game. There's my... Hey, end. Spotify, if you want to give uh, O2E some mega bucks, we'll, we'll, we'll listen. Pff, it doesn't even need to be mega bucks. Give me anything and I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's get out of here signing off yeah thanks guys uh we appreciate you and until the next time be good to yourselves and to each other boom